feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Podcast, episode 119. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, did anything happen the other night? Uh, Man, what a relaxing, nice, like we just did our nice Oscar preview show, the uh, the Academy Awards, the 94th Academy Awards were last night, uh, a very chill, um, nothing happened, nothing out of the ordinary, fantastic show celebrating the last year in movies, you know, from everything from, you know, Coda to uh, Zack Snyder's. <laughs> justice league and army uh, of the dead don't forget that one oh, the Zack snyder fanboys were out in full force nothing, last you know night. the show the show went off without a hitch wow what is like just just a wonderful show from top to bottom I see what you did with a hitch no no problems at all nothing went wrong the pursuit uh, of happiness was found by the end of the ceremony just, all kidding aside I had an out-of-body experience last night, and yeah. it was wild. <laughs> like, everyone, obviously, you know, we're we're recording this Monday afternoon after the 94th Academy Awards. Uh, I had a full work day already. You know, the hot takes are already um, spewing on, on Twitter and other websites. Uh, we're probably late to the game already. Uh, whatever, you know, needs to be said has probably been said. I've heard that, you know, they've already made up. Uh, but who the fuck knows, but confirmed what a, by P Diddy himself. Yeah. What a wild, and everyone knows what we're talking about. If you're listening to this, you know exactly what we're, we're talking, talking about. We're talking about last... the slap specifically. Yeah. Um, Will Smith. I hate this. This is the thing too. I went on kind of funny today. I talked about the Oscars. Um, you know, of course you got to start with this, but it's just kind of a, a bummer that it's taking the spotlight away from the movies and we will get to all the movies, but I think, you know, what's going to control the discourse and, and the conversation over the next probably, oh my God, probably a week. I'll give it a week and then maybe a couple days, hopefully, and then it kind of will die off. Um, and it will also is, define the 94th uh, totally, Academy which Awards. sucks for things like Coda and Troy Kotzer and uh, Ariana, Ariana DeBose and, and, you know, Will Smith winning his first Oscar. Yeah. I mean, he did well, it Quest to himself, Love winning for Summer of Love, Soul like, right after yeah. that happened. Riz Ahmed, who got relegated to, you know, uh, the pre-show edited version. Um, Yeah. I'm opening a Coke zero because this is going to be a, it's going to be a long one. one. (laughs) Um, it just, what a wild, I just couldn't believe what I was watching last night. And you, you know, obviously the La La Land Moonlight, um, fiasco, which I think was the other most infamous kind of, uh, thing that happened in the, at least the last couple years you brought up the rob Lowe oh. 1989 cinderella or uh, snow white opening which like, is terrible and then david weird... Niv- the streaker and then yeah. david niven kind of coming up with the 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 on the moment kind of joke to retort it there's and also you know with marlon brando refusing his oscar for the godfather which was 50 years ago yeah. um so there's 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 always been moments within the academy history that has been when it was when it started to get televised that have been kind of defining moments and for the most part everything that's happened with the exception of john wayne wanting to attack uh one of the presenters who was presenting on behalf of um marlon brando for the godfather there has been no violence 
sure. um, committed or 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 assaults or or things like that on stage or during the program. And so, which I think is why this is seems like the wildest one of them all. Yes, this makes the whole situation a little bit different compared to you know somebody reading the wrong name for a film to win best picture and and like again it's it's i guess it's not it it is trivial in some ways when you compare the two because one is just a mix-up and then the other is someone actually physically i just mean a moment you know yeah a a moment yes um and so that's what made the whole thing because i just think when you know we did our predictions uh on friday not predict that episode yeah that's what i mean could have never never no one in in if anyone went to you on friday go you know what would be interesting if like a nominee one of the biggest like movie stars on the planet one of the most uh, likable time uh likable uh got up and smacked one of the biggest comedians in the world um and just smacked them in the middle of the show while after a joke and then went back to his seat and proceeded to yell at him like i would have been like no there's no way that would ever happen and so watching it live again, I compare the moments just because they're. I mean, Melissa Leo me. dropping the f bomb on um, stage is probably the closest thing when she won the Oscar for the fighter yeah. for supporting actress. But even then, like, but it's not it's not hurting happens, anybody. It was I was just flabbergasted. Yeah. Like the show up to that point was embarrassing. Yeah, not great. Um, and I hate being so negative. Like I've already, I was being that negative asshole being like, Oh, the nominees are mid. They're just okay. Or, or kind of things like that. And I, I really like, you know, starting off a week with just like, you know, complaining about the show, complaining about the nominees, whatever. I think all the movies are good. Just not great. Uh, for the most part. Um, and then the show itself, you know, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock aside and we'll get into it more was just kind of a clusterfuck. Like it was just this thing where they're like, we need to shorten the broadcast. We need to make it more appealing to a younger audience or a more mainstream audience. So we're going to cut eight awards. We're going to just show them during the show, but they're going to be kind of sped up. And uh, it's just, and then we're going to do this fan vote for the Oscar cheer moments and the fan favorite films of the year. And then it just made for this weird and then have three hosts, which to be fair, I thought all three of them did a totally fine job. Like, I don't think that they were bad or necessarily good. I think there were some pros and cons to the whole thing. Certain bits didn't work. Certain things did. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of an Oscar host in a nutshell, right? Like, and I think all three of them did a pretty fine job. Like, I have no complaints there. Um, It's just the show, how it was put together. It ran longer than last year. It was like three hours and 45 minutes. And you also butchered up all these awards to have weird segments like an Academy Museum commercial in halfway through uh the the thing for like a good five ten minutes or, or performing whatever, a remix like. of we don't of, talk about bruno which wasn't yeah. even nominated for best song wasn't nominated and you replaced 90 percent of the song with a new verse by megan the stallion which yeah. all the children love you know um and i know bruno has transcended being a children's song and a children's movie and again another thing animation not just for children uh encanto is a great movie for everyone um, but you know, kids who listen to that song on repeat is what I'm talking about. Um, Reba McIntyre performing, which I get the song is nominated. I made a joke about that. So of course they're going to ask her to perform just like they would do any of the nominees. 
Um, it's just like, it was just such a weird show. Like the flash entering the speed force being the number one Oscar cheer moment, Zack Snyder's, um, army of the dead being the number one fan favorite film. Like it's just, it was such a up and down kind of like thing of like, then, you know, Ariana DeBose's, uh, speech was lovely when she won. She was the first person to accept an award on the live show. Uh, Troy Kotzer's speech was phenomenal. I absolutely thought it was amazing. Uh, it's why I tweeted why it's why I love the Oscars. Like I got emotional listening to it. It was such a lovely, lovely moment and a lovely speech. And Questlove Jung Jun presenting him yeah. the award as well was really beautiful. It was beautiful, and her like staying up there with him and, and making sure she could hold on to his award so he could sign uh, properly was just such a wonderful, subtle thing that like it it was just it was fantastic and like so it had those moments and then it just you know from the slap onward um it just took the wind out of everyone's sails no one knew what to do uh i think as an audience all everyone could think about was this i i feel like anyone who wasn't watching the oscars then turned on the oscars because everyone also thought will smith was going to win best actor which he did and i think everyone was waiting for that moment so to break it down like we'll get into all of the winners and things like that but i feel like you know it's everyone what everyone is talking about we have to talk about it is like chris rock came up and we're not talking a, about bruno no um he came up he made a uh, a joke in very poor taste uh, which I understand why Will Smith would be upset at the joke. I understand that. Uh, but then Will Smith gets up and he almost seemed like he laughed at first, then got up and it seemed like a bit, right? Like it seemed like something that was set up like, oh, Will Smith is going to get up. He's fake hit. Chris Rock goes back down to his seat and there's like, a, oh my God, he made fun of him and Will Smith smacked him. The uh, uh, likable Hollywood man, Will Smith got up and, and that's a bit. So it seemed like a bit. And I was like, damn, okay, that was interesting. Then he gets back down in his seat and watching in Canada. And I think in the US it did this as well. The audio just cuts out. <laughs> and then you're like, huh, what is happening right now? And then it cuts to Will Smith and the camera's on him and he's yelling, you know, get my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. And then like you can read if you can sort of read lips, which he was very pronounced. It was pretty easy to see what he was saying. I'm like, this doesn't seem like a bit like that doesn't seem like something the Oscars would write into the show a little too edgy, a little too real. And I'm like, no offense to Chris Rock. N I don't think he could have sold that as if like the way that I saw the emotion on his face and on Will Smith's face, I could believe Will Smith selling it. And I, I love Chris Rock, but as an actor, I'm like, that looked, you know, it's too good. To well, be even a, afterwards, a right? Because yeah, he, he was he, he he was on track, but he was kind shaken. of he was off. Like the way that he says, Okay, now we're presenting the documentary and yeah. instead of saying the Oscar for Well, a dude, you'd be so shooken, right? Yeah. Like you didn't like at that point you have a guy who you probably think you're sort of friendly with. Like I know they've done stuff together and they and and stuff like that. And you think he's coming up to be like how dare you? And then he literally smacks you. And you hear um, it because of the mic that the, the Chris Rock yeah. is wearing. Like and, you hear and you could tell like Chris Rock turns away. So like, you don't know like how much it connected, but it connected. Right. Yeah. And then, so you could see he's shaken. And then I think maybe even at that point, Chris Rock thought it was a joke still, like still thought Will probably went a little bit too far and was joking hit him, but hit him pretty hard. But then when Will gets down and yells those words, I said twice, 
at the loudest I've ever heard anyone ye- yell, um, you could really you could see it on Chris Rock's face of like, oh, n- uh, like no, he's actually pissed, and it just you could tell he was visibly shaken afterwards. And it was just one of the wildest, like I could not, I had people, my parents texting me being like, was that staged? And I was like, there's no way it's staged. There's no benefit to anyone of why that would be staged. Like for ratings, for publicity, like it's not good for anyone involved. So there's no reason why anyone would stage it. So I knew it was real right away. And then when you start to break it down, like, yeah, Chris Rock shouldn't be, you know, I don't get the reasoning he it seemed like it was off the cuff from things that i've read but there's no confirmation like it was written in the script or if he just said it when he was up there um but making a joke about a woman's appearance is i just think lazy and not needed and then on top of that someone who struggles with a you know a health issue that like alopecia specifically yeah alopecia that makes her you know that's why she shaves her head like on top of that it's just something that doesn't need to be said that being said will smith getting up and smacking a dude in front of thousands of people at the fucking oscars in front of millions of people on television and recording that Record obviously it's live yeah. to millions of people around the world is just one of the wildest decisions and things that have has ever happened in Hollywood, at least from a awards thing. Again, there's lots of conversation. Yes, there's a lot of shitty people in Hollywood. There's a lot wilder things. Uh, if you talk about like what actually happened, a dude slapped a dude, not that it, okay, it's it's whatever. I, I'm not trying to downplay violence, but he smacked him and like it shouldn't be done. No one should ever resort to that. But it's just where it happened and the decision to do it in that moment. And I'm not saying it would have been fine at the Vanity Fair after party or during rehearsals or anything like that. Or any time. Violence. Or any time. Really. You're taught when you're a child that you're supposed to use your words and not your fists. And yeah. Someone like Will Smith, someone like Chris Rock, they're adults. You, you act like adults, behave like adults. You you are basically saying that it is okay to, you know, hurt somebody and and to take your your uh, you know, disagreements and your anger out on someone physically and that is the wrong and on message. That stage and, too. <laughs> yeah, and and I think as much as Will Smith is to blame, I also think the Academy is to blame here because they didn't know how to handle the situation. Yeah. And instead of either asking Will Smith to leave or ending the broadcast or finding out some middle ground here, they just kept the show going as business as usual and kind of tried to pretend like it didn't happen. But that's anytime something like this happens, that's always oh, totally. what happens. Owen Hart dies in the middle of the ring 20 some years ago. Um, and Vince McMahon and everyone at WWE just goes, uh, let's continue the pay-per-view. Like, it's just, it's, they, I think in those moments, Eric, it's like, there's, they're three quarters of the way through the show. And I think everyone is so caught off guard by it. You have no idea how to proceed because if it's anyone else, if it's a random person, if it's a costume designer on Cruella, goes up and smacks Jenny Chris Beaven, Rock. You're, you're talking um, about specifically who's yeah, the costume if, designer. Yeah. And I'm not saying Jenny would ever do this because she wouldn't, but no. I'm saying if she walks up and smacks Chris Rock, she's getting kicked out. It's because it's Will Smith. And like, I think everyone was, again, just like we were at home, so flabbergasted at like, and didn't know how to process any of it. 
And I'm not saying it's like, again, it's, it's, it's just a wild thing. I, I think there's wrongs on both Chris Rock's side and Will Smith's, but violence, I agree with you, Eric, is never something you should just, especially on that stage, but ever. And the Academy, uh, I think the Academy should share that blame with both men as well, because they Mm -hmm. didn't know how to diffuse the situation. They didn't do anything after that moment. And it could have been something that it's like, okay, we need to end this broadcast or we need to ask Will Smith to leave. (laughs) No, 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 I know. But for for a organization that condones violence and even sure. released a statement the next day, they did nothing. And I know you mentioned it already that most telecasts and most um, you know companies and and televised events they they don't know how to handle it. But it was just such an awkward juxtaposition from a mm-hmm. night that was already running off off the, the rails, track. Yeah to becoming something that was truly almost unbearable and uncomfortable to watch through the night. Cause I went back and watched that video five times. I was no, so I've seen the uncensored clips and things yeah. Like that, yeah. So, and, yeah. and the other person I think actually who should be offended by Chris rocks um, monologue there when he, before he was presenting um, best documentary feature uh, is Penelope Cruz, because in that yeah. series of jokes, Chris Rock refers to Penelope Cruz as Javier Bardem's wife Mm -hmm. twice and doesn't Mm -hmm. say Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz is a major movie star. She's not Mm -hmm. Javier Bardem's wife. And that led into the Will Smith section because he was joking that Javier, if Javier Bardem, you know, wins and Javier Bardem's wife loses, then, you know, he loses. And so that kind of led into the Will Smith stuff. And then also a lot of people, you know, in the last 24 hours or so have been posting um, the Chris Rock monologue when he hosted the uh, 2015 to 2016 Oscar season, uh, the Oscar so white season, where he also uh, made fun of Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, not um, for any physical appearance or anything like that, but to do with Jada boycotting the Oscars because Will Smith wasn't nominated for concussion. Um, that joke actually was quite funny because it's like Jada Pinkett Smith. It's like, what, what, I mean, even though, yeah, she's in a lot of really wonderful movies. I really love, uh, set it off and, uh, tales from the crypt demon night. I think she's great in both of those. I really liked her in Michael Mann's collateral and Ali. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, you know, what you're not like, you're not Will Smith. You're not, you know, a name person that's going to make a dent in sort of changing the Oscars that way, unfortunately. And, and, you know, that year was problematic in itself. Sure. Um, But I almost feel like maybe that's where some of, again, the tension maybe came from as well, where like, maybe that's where some of that discrepancy began to kind of take shape and and for it to become like a real thing that hey don't do that yeah and then and then and then going into what rock said Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's tasteless especially when chris rock is a producer on a movie called good hair which is about african-american women and their hair and and sort Mm -hmm. of the sensitive subject matter that goes into that and and the thoughtfulness that goes into it and he kind of handled that movie and that subject matter with a lot of dignity and empathy and respect and then for him to kind of, you know, do this cheap shot, which wasn't funny, but at the same time, 
I mean, he was in the right to say it because it's the freedom of speech. And like, there are comedians that say way worse. And, you know, I think what should have happened is that Will Smith should have either taken him aside after the bit to talk to him or had Will Smith's people write up something to the Academy and uh, Chris Rock's people or something or leave and release something that says, Hey, I, yeah. I did not appreciate that. Leaving would have let been one Rock thing. shoot himself think- in the foot yeah. instead of basically turning yourself into the reason for why the rest of the night became such that no one will remember the rest of the night or an awkward experience. And especially for Questlove again, who made this amazing movie summer of soul, which, you know, nobody had seen this footage for decades and he makes us had to go up right after. Yeah. And he gave a a beautiful, wonderful. He did. Yeah. uh, Everyone should go look that up. If you missed it in the moment, (laughs) like, cause I vulnerable speech. And then the other thing that bothered me so much about the Will Smith, acceptance speech is how he shielded himself with the women who were a part of King Richard and used them as a shield to protect his own image. And it was just like, what are you doing? And yeah, I agree. And I'm with you where there were so many other ways you could have handled that. And yeah. like, I would have even, even apologized to Chris rock, be the bigger man. I understand. I agree with that, but I understand not doing that and, uh, or in the moment, not doing it. If you're really upset at someone and I, I get that part of it, uh, there was just a million different ways you could have handled it. And I feel like, especially being at the Oscars, it's just like, there's no excuse for it. No. And, um, and then there's also you know, this, there's a conversation that I think is important to bring up, even though we can't answer it specifically is that there's the cultural differences. Is it because sure. Chris Rock is a black man and Will Smith is a black man and Will Smith going up yeah. on stage and smacking him because maybe he feels that that's okay to do. Like what happens if it was one of the three hosts that said that what would have happened yeah, then? Yeah. Or if it was another comedian that wasn't black, that might've been Asian or sure, Latin sure. or white. Uh, you sh- can't shoulda, coulda, woulda. No. I mean, the stuff you only have to kind of look at what happened. And, and I mean, and to your point, it's just like, I would have, if we would have heard about this happening at the rehearsals or an after party or something like that, it would have just been like a TMZ thing. Like there was an altercation between Chris Rock and Will Smith and it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. It would have been news. It still would have been would've... a problem if he did. Again, I think like ultimately what it comes down to is that when you physically assault somebody, like when you like actually hit somebody sure sure there's no excuse for that there, there truly agree with is it. no i excuse agree with that, that dude but i'm just saying if he would have slapped him or hit him like he did at one of these things it wouldn't have been that big of a deal there's videos of will smith doing that to someone who was being weird to him on a red carpet or stuff before and that's there's no excuse for that either but what i'm saying i don't agree that you should ever hit someone in yes. those situations i was i i I've gotten into altercations. I've hit my best friend before, but I was a teenager. As like an adult, you kind of grow out of those things and you and you should never even as a teenager, there's really no excuse, but it, this shit happens. But like if we would have heard about this at an after party or what I said at the pre-show or something like that or rehearsals, it would have been a TMZ article. We would have been like, damn, Will Smith was really pissed. But then we would have all moved on. I think it because it happened, happened live on the show and the, just the 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 balls to do that or think that that was okay to do like in front of all these people. And just, it's embarrassing for everyone and yourself. Like it's just, well, and, again, and Will Smith's family. I mean, like that's yeah. the other thing is, was what Will Smith doing 
on behalf of Jada Pinkett Smith? Was it something that she, like she felt like, oh, okay, that was the right thing to do, or was that mm-hmm. like it felt like he was talking? You're seeing for a lot her. on both sides. Yeah, I agree with and that. Like, I talked to Nevis, and Nevis said that she's like, I'd be embarrassed if you, yeah, if you did that. Like, I can because I can fight myself, my own battles, like, right? Yeah, like it is this controlling kind of weird thing, and like again, all of these things can be right. You shouldn't can like you shouldn't hit people like no i mean that is truly the bottom line violence of any kind is unacceptable and you should not make jokes about people's appearance especially if they have a condition not even especially just at all just don't do it right it's just lazy like there are so many other better more clever interesting jokes you can do you can roast people without roasting their looks like it's just especially when someone is dealing with something like that all of these things can be true like i i think that there's just wrongs all way and it was it was a perfect storm of like just the joke wasn't good. The reaction was even worse. And like, it just, it was just this clusterfuck. And then his speech trying to kind of give himself a pass kind of thing and apologizing to the people there and the Academy and stuff. But like, I don't know. It, it just... cheapens the moment though, as well for, for Venus and Serena Williams and, I agree. you know, for, for all himself. the cast and Oh yeah, totally. Like it's, it like he, he will never be able to completely recover from this image wise. Like, even though like, I don't know. I well, no, no. What I mean is like, he'll be able to still work. He'll still be a movie star. Like but this will, this will be in history. As exactly. Every, the same way that Russell Crowe throwing a phone yeah, at somebody sure, yeah. is, I still like Russell Crowe. I still think I will like Will Smith, but same. what he has done it. I I now am thinking to myself, oh, well, I always thought you were like, I always put him and Tom Hanks on this pedestal of saying like, these are two Mm -hmm. guys that really are people that you should look up to. And I get this, you know, like, and again, he's human. I understand that too. That's what I mean. Like he's human defending family. I get all that. Again, I'm not saying what he did was right. Like I get those moments of like, it's so built up and you, you feel like you, you, and you react and you don't even think about it. And, um, but at the Oscars and that televised and all that kind of stuff is just absolutely wild. Like I just, it, 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 and I, I think like, I'm, I'm still happy he got his due and stuff like that. It's just weird. It's just like, it should have been just this great moment for him. And And I have always really liked him and it is tainted. And like, I, I think, you know, ultimately, I think if they're cool with it, um, I don't think we should forget about it because I don't think it is okay to, if you just kind of give him a full pass and just say, uh, let's just water under the bridge. They're cool with one another. Not a big deal. It's like, no, that's not necessarily how how this should go. I'm not. And I'm also saying you should not take his Oscar away no. because people have been saying that and that is ridiculous like if you have if woody allen these, roman polanski and, mel yeah, Gibson, harvey weinstein like, casey affleck yeah all have their oscars still and they never kind of said no those are void now then no he he deserves it he got the votes he won um that's ridiculous but they need to be like hey they need to do something a little bit more i'm just curious of what the well, fuck that is going to again be. that goes back to the academy itself like it's it's at this point where it's so pressured by ABC ratings in terms of the yeah. ratings, but also the length of the show and trying to gain new members, both young and old, because the people that watch the show are always going to watch the show. So those yeah. viewers are always going to be constant. 
but in order to gain new members and to stay relevant and there's this pressure to like okay well let's try cutting out you know seven or eight of you know the 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 technical below the line nominations and then you miss out on a wonderful speech by Riz Ahmed for you know winning best uh live action short and then you know like you look first at, Muslim openly Muslim man yeah and, and 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 then you look at like something I mean I know Hans Zimmer wasn't there but Hans Zimmer hadn't won an Oscar since the lion King. And I mean, Hans Zimmer is like one of the big names when it comes to composers and it's just weird. Or when editing is, is announced and editing is usually kind of a, a a tell of what is, how the night is going to go like for, you know, Mm -hmm. the best picture prize. And, and again, all even Dune winning so many awards that were all like your most popular movie, probably. And the Jean Marc Vallée shout out to from, from the one um, uh, guy as well, I thought was, was like, Again, like that's a moment where it's like you want to see that during the main telecast. And there was a year where like the theme of the Oscars was looking at how a movie is made from beginning to end. You know, it starts at the script and it ends in, you know, picture when the movie is made. And so you're basically going back on that and cutting out the things that make a movie a movie. You can't have a movie without sound. You can't have a movie without editing, you know, like, and, and it's almost like, okay, well, if they cut out those this year, like what else would they be willing to cut out? Like yeah. cinematography, it, you know, or something yeah. like that. And it was interesting. So we'll move on from the, the Will Smith and Chris. I want to talk like, about the fan like, favorite and, and the, yeah. the five cheer and moments. Because I agree. But let me talk about what you were saying with the award. Let's start with the awards being cut out because yeah. you are because so we don't move on from that. I'm taking time codes. So I just know when people will want to hear about things. Um, so you were talking about the awards being cut out and it was interesting to see how they incorporated them in the show. And it was a little strange because they still had people come out on stage and uh, whether that was recorded early or that was live, I think it was. Yeah. Live, so Jason Momoa and like, Josh Brolin hosted the tech awards okay. um, section before, like that was yeah. during the red carpet yeah. and people like Jessica Chastain said like, Oh, I'll do the red carpet early because I want to see if, you know, see, uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye wins. Yeah. Uh, for best hair and makeup and um, and that's fair because like even people like Guillermo del Toro were in there early because a lot of mm-hmm. Nightmare Alley's nominations were, were tech were technical. awards yeah. yeah Dune as well and like uh, so it was interesting to see how they were put into the broadcast so basically they still read out all the nominees and all that part but it was just kind of sped up right where some were introduced by Momoa and and Brolin some were just done by the announcer of the Oscars and then like they showed like an edited down or just like a piece of their speech instead of the whole thing um and it was just weirdly edited in and you could tell with a lot of it like the fake laughter that they were cutting to with the celebrities that I guarantee were not in the audience when they were giving their speeches was just the most strange kind of off-putting thing that maybe not everyone notices but like I certainly did where I'm like there's no way Zendaya laughed that hard at that joke no offense to that guy but she was definitely not in the theater at that moment it just looked like a laugh track kind of thing and then you're putting shots that were from the opening monologue or the first half of the show and you're inserting that into their speeches and then someone even said that like one of the speeches they cut out the moment when the person said like how important the below the line jobs on a movie were and they cut that line out from the like and it's just and it's so it's such 
they made fools of themselves really because like they did this to make the show shorter and like they caught so much shit for it and they went longer than last year so they went 45 minutes over and part of it is because of the inserts yeah if they had just let them play out normally like the rest of with the rest of the show it would have probably been around the same time or maybe less and cut out like i don't know how many people you're bringing in to hear again i said they did a good job but amy schumer and regina hall and and wanda Wanda sykes Sykes, like i don't know how much they're bringing in to the like for ratings like i just i don't get that so focus on the people who do really care and matter about this and i'm not saying you shouldn't try to innovate or figure out ways um to bring more people in to watch your broadcast like i'm surprised like they again i joked about this but like looking at something maybe don't go as extreme as the the game awards or the video game awards that like they make it an event in the way like video game marketing is always interesting because each trailer is like a big huge fucking deal right like it's at a big event or it's a world premiere at the or game awards or e3 or something like that where i'm shocked that these studios if they don't work with the academy to be like hey can we try to organize this so you know it's in march why don't we save a lot of these big huge movie trailers or or something for the broadcast and have those incorporated um into it or something like that and maybe that's still going to piss off like the more traditional like cinephiles and things like that because it's going to be all marvel movies and action movies but even if it was like you know apple tv premiering the uh, killers of the flower moon trailer or or anything like it can be all these giant streamers and studios like if you incorporate that shit and make it an event that is celebrating movies but also celebrating the future of movies and what's coming the next what you might be excited for next oscars or will win a bunch of technical awards or might be a fan favorite that's what i mean or a fan favorite moment is just which we'll get into good segue but it's just like there are ways to improve the show and kind of meet in the middle i just don't it's just it's amazing what they decided to do to try to improve the show is just and then so that's a perfect segue and unless you had anything yeah i do want to say they did try that a little bit in 2008 when they had a sizzle reel at the end of the ceremony and they had clips from movies that were coming out in 2009 because that was the first no 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 i know that but that was the first time i remember seeing footage for inglorious bastards was that was that sizzle reel but like that was them doing like the closest thing to what you're kind of describing but i don't disagree i mean the closest thing they did to this which kind of cheapened troy kotzer's speech a little bit is like right after that you have a segue to (laughs) chris evans congratulating troy kotzer and then saying oh here's some new footage for you know Lightyear coming up and it just again it almost felt like a scene out of don't look up instead of the oscars i agree so maybe that's not the right way to do it maybe it should be from someone at the awards and you make it so maybe that's icky i don't know people probably won't agree with me on that but i'm just trying to say like well how do you uh, make it about the films itself like that's the thing where it's like you know the 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 joke has always been with like mtv isn't about music videos and anymore you know the, the the focus on films with the academy 
uh, isn't on on the movies nominated. Like you need that's true. You yeah. need to be unafraid to go niche and specific on the films and not worry about what other people think or what other people are doing. And I again, I know that they're stressed with you know having ABC and you know the ratings and things like that on their back, but you just need to focus on what makes the Academy Awards, the Academy Awards and the, what is the Academy Awards the celebration of film. This did not feel like the celebration of film. This felt like the Academy no. Awards was trying to be a combination of the people's choice awards and the MTV yeah. movie awards from the opening, you know, sequence, introducing all the presenters and that kind of weird. Oh, God, sort of it like, was awful. I'm like, why do you have to have every person? Yeah. Name? And like, like, even like the headshot of John Travolta specifically was, was wild. Um, because like a lot of it was Beyonce performance which was good Th- that was like, fine that was i think yeah. that was okay i i don't think the song is great but i i like the idea of, of doing that in totally. term, terms of like a kind of grammy-esque but again it's trying to be the grammys there for a second but, or something like that yeah and then the we, disney insertion and everything was kind of not great either yeah, like and especially this moment and yeah. light year thing and in canto with the, in canto we, we don't talk bruno, about bruno yeah. and, and again i like that song it should have been nominated but it wasn't. And for you to add that in there is, is there's that playing of favoritism. favoritism. You like, know? I know it's your network, but you know, you kind of have to, you know, I, I get that. And then that's why I go with, then use your commercial break time. Maybe you don't have Chris Evans, um, introing the new light year. Congratulations, you, Troy Kotzer. Like, but Here's we've a seen scene from other, Lightyear. Like, at the Super Bowl, you don't have, you know, whoever drew Brees introducing like the new thing it's just like you could have just had the multiverse of madness trailer or you know which happened at the super bowl just happened during the commercial so maybe it's not even what i'm talking about but then you make it this event like the super bowl where you know these things are going to drop maybe it's not even part of the broadcast we need to have commercials so advertise movies like it just i just don't get that maybe don't make it a part of the thing and then to your point it has to be a celebration of the movies that are nominated in the movies that came out that year. So it's just like, I don't know, maybe there needs to be a revamp of the entire awards and like the breakdown of everything. And whether it's like the categories adding some, I know they've talked about this and people get up in arms. I think it's just finding a way to add in the right awards that will feature other movies and, and more interesting people to go up and and show their speeches and focus on that stuff. Because like, this isn't the Grammys. It's not the MTV movie awards. Like it's not any of this shit where it cheapens it. It makes it more tacky. Like it's, I honestly like the, the ones I've liked are the ones that were very straightforward. Yeah. It can be very dry or boring to people, but it's a fucking award show focus on the awards. And I always understand um performing the best song nominees like i think that totally makes sense um but yeah then the bruno thing was just egregious and 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 strange so i don't know how you fix it like i don't know if there is a way to fix it like we've always said yeah you should have best casting you should have best stunts stunt work i think you should think bring of- back the two categories for sound because that also feels like a smack in the face to the people that do the mixing and okay. editing and it's just yeah, like you all just have to share it now. yeah um, I mean, I'm I'm more okay with that. I understand what you're saying, and I'm sure people in the sound uh, department would would 
would be on what you're saying. I understand that to simplify it a little bit. Well, no, um, part of the reason why that was done was also to uh, to basically speed uh, things up. Speed, yeah, and yeah, that's I re- the reason why it wasn't necessarily I, because. Pe- I mean, yeah, people don't under can't t- tell the difference, tell the but difference, people can't yeah. tell the difference between you know what is film and sure. what is digital. Like that's a sure. big reason why Mank won because a lot of people thought Mank was shot on film. I know, I I, I get all that, but then like. <laughs> with the um so leading into i think this can be a conversation about both things they were going to do a most popular film oscar that got blown up in their face um because everyone's like how do you qualify for that like you haven't said like what that like do you need to make a certain amount of money do you need to like what qualifies for that award does it the budget need to be over a certain amount of money like is that how you break things up like it's like the reverse indie spirit awards that's what i mean so like you almost need like best picture if it was under a hundred million or best picture if it was over a hundred million and like that just sounds awkward and strange but um I don't know what you do. And then this year they go, okay, you know what we'll do? We'll let the fans vote on Twitter and we'll do the top five Oscar cheer moments and the top five fan favorite films. And that's kind of what the middle ground was of not doing the most popular movie Oscar, whatever the hell it was called. And this isn't a official award. It's just a list yeah. that they did on the, on the broadcast and made people watch clips from these movies. And cause so, the populist awards would also like, again, cater, I think mostly to Disney movies or Disney related franchises where if it's that like, award you'd have, was real. You mean, yeah, yeah. Like you'd probably have you'd like have at least three and, or four yeah. Marvel movies. And then you'd have probably like a Pixar a animated yeah. Yeah, movies. And then like you'd get a couple you know, other ones from Warner Brothers or Paramount or whatever that would kind of round things out. And then so the segregation know- of that as well, I think is weird just because like, again, it's almost saying that like, you know, populist movies shouldn't be allowed to compete for the big or prize either in yeah. the same way that even though we we do have categories for animated film and documentary and and celebrating those specific fields. Do you it's, do it's, sci-fi? Do you break it up to like what the Critics' Choice or the other awards do? Have you introduced more categories that way of like that way you can feature those films? I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I think when it comes down to it, I think there are two categories at least that should be introduced, which are casting and stunts. Um, but in terms of – Wild like, that they're not already there. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, I know SAG introduced uh, the stunt category uh, not too long ago, and there are um, guild awards for casting and things totally, like that. Yeah. But but yeah, it, it's it's one of those things. It's like okay, like how does the academy get back to the standard, the gold standard of what they're known for, and also trying to stay relevant? Because clearly, in the last, excluding the pandemic, I think like. It's understandable that like, you know, the Steven Soderbergh direct or produced, you know, um, was weird. The ceremony whatever, was yeah. weird, but under- it was going to be weird no matter what. But and- the choice of the switching up the last kind of couple nominations was also bizarre last year. I remember yeah. being flabbergasted. I saw somebody that. saying like it should have been pre- like best actor should have been presented. <laughs> yeah. <last laughs> so they could get the hell out of there. <laughs> um, but but uh, like. I think like the, the the 2019 show in comparison to the last couple of years was really good. Like it's one of those things where it's like you had Bong Joon-ho not only accept the Oscar for director, but he talked about like, 
you know, Martin Scorsese being a huge influence. And even though they didn't televise it, there were clips online from the DGA Awards this year, which felt more like what the Oscars should be, where you had Denis Villeneuve accepting, you know, one of his awards for Dune and talking about how, you know, he wrote Spielberg's name on his Montreal Canadiens jersey. And like, that was like why he wanted to become a filmmaker. And those Mm -hmm. moments are many throughout that night and 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 following some of that stuff and then you look at this and again like it's it's trying to have its cake and eat it too and catering to everybody and wanting to get as much of a a a mass audience as possible and it's the same way of like i talk about this before as a metaphor where it's like you go to a restaurant you go and look at the menu and you open it up and it has like 40 pages and there's nothing factory. Yeah. yeah, There's nothing that defines it for what it is. It's like, there's Mm -hmm. no, there's no specialties. There's nothing. It's like, so what makes this place special? What makes this place worth? The portions are gigantic and we have everything. (laughs) Exactly. The Academy should be about films first and foremost. And through that, find a way to make it accessible. Make but, it a two-night event like WrestleMania. Dude, Saturday yeah. and Sunday. Like, just, I mean, there's got to be a better there, – there has to be a way. And and I think the, the people that are in charge right now aren't the ones that yeah. should be in charge. I think maybe there should be um, – Didn't they know. just get a new Academy president recently? I think in the last two or three years, they changed some of the board – or like some of the like the board specifically, but whoever is like the head of this, I think maybe should step down, and yeah. and somebody else should come in and maybe try to kind of rework this or something because yeah, it's not working. Um, I'm sure whenever um, their contract with ABC expires, maybe streaming is the right way to go and do something because with it a can streamer, go on forever, which would be ironic <laughs> if, if 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 it ended up on Netflix because like again like the, that there's was, something we haven't talked that'll be the first thing when we get into the actual awards yeah because I mean I find that that's probably one of the most funniest things of the whole night like that is truly the most comedic moment um you know with netflix being this streamer that has been so desperate to get the approval of the academy to um you know legitimize what they're doing is not just you know uh film on tv or streaming movies yeah yeah and and the (laughs) the first oscar for best picture for a streamer is apple and they didn't even really try Yeah, that's a good segue because we let's get into the actual awards. We spent 45 minutes just talking about the show and and the slap, which it will probably forever been be known as. But yeah, you you let's start it off at the top. Yeah, it, it is so funny that Netflix has tried so hard this year for power of the dog they put so much behind it they put every chip that they had behind power of the dog and they still came up short and now to another streamer apple tv plus like you mentioned for coda with what seems like they just started campaigning like a month ago (laughs) like i feel like they were like bought it at Sundance for a buttload of money because they're Apple and they have a zillion dollars because they're like, we make movies now, everyone. And you're like, what's that streaming service? Oh, they have the morning show. Oh, everyone loves Ted Lasso. People know who we are now. Let's start buying movies. And then like you pick it up at Sundance, uh, you release it a year later, right? No, or no, just it a was couple the months summer. Later. It was yeah, the it summer. was the summer. Yeah, yeah. And it had and then, no marketing whatsoever. No, like we talked dropped, about I, that when when it was coming. I had out, to we tell like, my parents to watch it, and they're like, yeah. "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, go to Apple TV, find Coda, and watch it." And um, 
had nothing behind it. I think it played in a few theaters and stuff too. And then, uh, you know, I feel like no one talked about it really until like it started to pick up steam, you know, I think a month or two ago or a month and a half. Well, during, ago. during the, the beginning of award season, when you had yeah. some of the more like, cause it is still an independent movie, even though it was purchased by Apple for, it was distributed million. by Apple, but yeah. it, yeah. Anyway. So with that, like it, you know, it, it, Troy Kotzer was obviously becoming a front runner and supporting actor. Um, the film was very accessible. Like, even if you mm-hmm. don't like the movie, I, I, I mean, obviously there's going to be discourse and backlash. Because always is. Dude. There always is with the best picture winner, even <laughs> with if it's anything. A great pick. Look at the Will Smith thing. Look at the world. There's always going to be half 50% of people that disagree. Oh, no, totally, like totally. And and even for the stuff that, like, you genuinely think is is great. And, like, I can understand – we talked about this during the, the, the 118th draft or, or episode where, like, looking at the last couple of years with Parasite and Nomadland winning, it kind of felt like, okay, these are two austere – art house movies from directors that are critically acclaimed that kind of made that crossover leap and, and, and found a way in, but there's still movies that are, are, aren't compromising their visions Yeah, where Coda is almost like very safe, very safe, very likable, um, slight maybe even, but like, I wouldn't even say slight. I feel like I that cheapens just, it a little sure. bit as well. I love the movie just so everyone knows it was my favorite out of the nominees. But and it, I, I love the movie, but it's a film where like, it's almost like, okay, well, we've had these two kind of like heavier, headier movies sure. in the last couple of years. Why don't we just... Just give it in, to the nice one. <laughs> did not, yeah, have something nice because we've gone through so much in the last couple and of years. And I don't years. disagree with that. I don't, okay. I, I don't either. I don't either. I mean, time will ultimately tell the tale of what like how we feel like i think it'll be interesting 10 years from now looking sure. back it's like i have I, no I, doubt I mean, it'll be like the artist or uh, uh i think it's better i think than it's the better artist, than the artist but, yeah but i don't i i i love the movie i bawled my eyes out when i saw it at sundance i think it is a lovely movie i think it's great for the deaf community and like for troy kotzer and i just and Sean Hader, I, too. I mean, and, like, and she Sean Hader, put yeah. her, her heart and soul into totally. the thing, so. and And I think it's great. Um, I do think that it is a movie that I probably won't watch again, or it'll I'll watch it maybe in 10 years to see how I feel, or right. I won't think about that much. Um, it's better than I, The King's I, Speech. I, I agree with that. It's, it's better than The Artist. It's better than a lot of If the you're ranking the choices. fluffy movies, yeah, like then I then I the safe choices if you're doing a ranking of the safe choices, I put it up there. And I think there's nothing wrong with that movie. I think it's okay to just be a perfectly lovely, well-made kind of movie. And and I'm totally fine with it winning, especially in this crop of nominees, which I personally felt was a weaker year even though i will argue that last year was a good year for movies like i think there was a lot of good stuff i just don't i never personally connected with a lot of the best picture nominees and that being said i only really dislike one of them which was nightmare alley um and even then it reminded it's a watchable, you of Washua too much yeah it, it, and it it's a watchable movie and i'm curious to watch the black and white version actually because i think it would help my enjoyment but we'll see um, like the mist right yeah i love the mist black and white and i feel like black and white suited that movie and probably should have been how it was released um i like power of the dog i 
thought King Richard was fine. I like West Side Story. I liked Drive My Car, which I did watch everyone before the ceremony. Um, I love. I really like Belfast. I like. Uh, you know, I'm not at the Best Picture nominees. Who am I missing? Licorice Pizza. Um, Licorice Pizza. I like. I have issues with these movies, but like Dune. Okay, Dune's maybe the other one I didn't really like, but I can respect the technical aspect of Dune and why it won a bunch of those. Well, because it's only half a film, um, right? So yeah. like, it's like literally <laughs> we've talked about. I know, but it's true. It's like when you, <laughs> yeah. if you're reading the book Dune and you read only half of it and say, "Oh, I've read enough," and like yeah. I don't need to read any. Let's more. rate it on Goodreads. <laughs> exactly, based uh, on I, half a read. You know, I, like I, we laughed. We were talking about it before, but like Dune Part Two should be called Dune the Other Half. Yeah, and then Don't Look Up, which I really liked when i first saw it has kind of faded and i've understand people's criticisms that of that movie i still like it though so if you look at this i know you did i know that's the one you don't like it i'm apparently a republican according to uh, one comment yeah um but if you look at that like i liked all of those movies i just didn't care about a lot of them if that makes sense so well, then there that's were, the more interesting like stuff passionate. never gets nominated for best yeah. picture like it, it ends up in, that's why the parasite thing is so fun or, well it's a phenomenon or, or even drive my car like i know you didn't yeah. love drive my car but I drive my, drive my car appreciated it is but... still i think like a weird like moment where it it didn't have the money that neon or rome or um Netflix had for Roma or Parasite sure. respectively. Janus Films is a well-respected, well-regarded company and it has been for decades, but that movie truly benefited from the critics. Totally. The critics and were the ones it, that kept that movie alive and and totally. somehow it it did translate over because sometimes I think the critics stuff doesn't. My viewing of it <laughs> because right. i got built up so much by critics groups and other things like including that including me and, i was hyping and, and, it up a lot too and i'm not denying that it's a good movie and i feel like it's it's the opposite effect of something like don't look up or even some of the things that i when i did a ranking the other day i think drive my car will creep up higher because i'm liking it the more i sit on it and think about it because yeah. like i hate even when we review movies like i think it always benefits us when we sleep on it or when we wait a day or two like it's great to get that initial reaction your gut reaction to a movie but i find personally like when i can sit on a movie and think about it and see how i feel days later or weeks later or something like that like you'll see me shifting my rankings on letterbox for things where don't look up that i originally gave a four or i'm not even putting in my top 25 or i'm putting it under movies i gave a three or even a two or something like that like it it all changes with time and i feel like drive my car a movie that i struggled with the length and I, it's a challenging movie to me personally but it's a very um a beautiful movie and and with great performances and it has sat with me really really well and i'm very glad i watched it mm -hmm. and i do think it will creep up my list of things that i um enjoyed out of this crop of movies because i i did enjoy it um i just didn't fall in love with it and that's just kind of sums up how i felt about a lot of the nominees not to be a negative um nancy uh, yeah it's just like i don't want to be that person but i i really did enjoy coda and it was probably my favorite thing out of the group even maybe it's not the i mean obviously a lot of people agree with me because it won but um it, it is like a just a nice movie and I, I'm totally fine with that sometimes, especially when I'm not super passionate about the the rest of the movies. Like I think Jane Campion moving on to best director, like 
I think Power of the Dog winning that. Which was the only award that movie won and Netflix won in the entire night. So Power of the Dog nominated for 12 Oscars, one win. They put a lot of money behind that. But it also goes to show you that they didn't put – like they should have probably put more money in or an effort into The Lost Daughter because The Lost Daughter Mm -hmm. also got three nominations. And there's another film. That's a movie that probably should have been nominated for Best Picture. And I feel like in 10 years, we'll be talking about that movie more More than Don't Look Up or. Yeah, or even other films like The Green Knight or T10 or films that we'll be wondering, like, why didn't this get nominated? Or Red Rocket. Every year that that happens, right? Yeah, that happens every year where you you kind of reevaluate 10 years later and you're like, oh man, how did we kind (laughs) of. What I mean, sometimes you sometimes you do know in the moment because, like, I think a lot of people, like, when the social network lost to the King's Speech, everybody was like, "I was this so is mad. not gonna this is not gonna date well." And you and again, you look at it now; it's like, yeah, the social network is like one of the defining movies of, of that the, decade. Of that decade, it was mine number one? Was it yours? No, yours was, was Mad Max. Yeah, yours it, was like in the top five or something. Right? Top three, I think. Yeah. Um. But but, but now. Like nobody, nobody even talks about uh, uh, the, the King's God, Speech. No, no one. I, has anyone rewatched that movie since that year? No. And does out? anybody care about that film? No. no. And, and, and I mean, it is like the last sort of breath of Harvey. A perfectly Weinstein fine well. movie again, too. I, I didn't hate the King's Speech. No, when no, I it's, saw it, but, but it's just... almost like that is the offense of that movie is that it is inoffensive in so many sure. ways, and that it is so middle of the road and trying to kind of like just kind of it is like the academy awards itself it's trying to cater to everybody and then yeah. it also has no... which i think what people think is what coda is but yeah but but i think coda is a great. little bit better yeah. I, I don't want to say like coda is necessarily groundbreaking either like no, i think a movie not, like but... the tribe is more groundbreaking sure. than coda in terms of what God, it's what doing and how aggressive everyone it is. go watch the tribe yes. it is a hard movie to watch but it is a good movie i've been yeah. Yeah, I, I've been watching. Isn't there a good Blu-ray release? For I have it. I wanna, if you yeah. want to borrow it, I got I, it. I haven't watched that since TIFF, but what a that is truly a, a, a definitive groundbreaking movie, and what it does with sign language specifically, and no sound and no audio. If people and don't know. You, there's no subtitles is. either, and yeah, just, yeah. And so for a film like that, like that, I would call groundbreaking. Coda is just a really. Again, I really liked the movie. I think it's, it's a, a nice very heartfelt, warm, <laughs> crowd movie. It's like, yeah. That it's like it's like a warm blanket. You could on a recommend cold day. to basically anyone, yeah. and they'll probably enjoy it. And like even and... the harshest cynics, I think, will find something to really enjoy. Like I, I think, like most people, this entire season, if they have criticisms with Coda, and there has been a lot of people, the, the one thing that they haven't is Troy Kotzer, and like, oh, yeah, who like, is genuinely great. And yeah. I think he gave a wonderful speech. Uh, last night it uh, was incredibly moving and and I tweeted out like I said earlier like it was a reason why I do love the Oscars for those moments and I, I thought it was a very wonderful moment and yeah Jane Campion winning Power of the Dog back to back consecutive women uh, yeah. for yeah Chloe Zhao and now Jane Campion mm-hmm. which is a, 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 a huge deal and hopefully um, you know moving forward not just because it's right to nominate women but there are so many talented female filmmakers out there that are doing and non-binary filmmakers that are doing great yeah. work um that deserve to be in the category it doesn't always have to be five dudes and it's not I just because we're voting yeah. we're voting for you know we're not doing tokenism either like that's no. not the thing like we we want to vote for somebody that's doing great work like julia de 
again, I know T10 is very divisive, but like that's another director where it's like it won the Palm Door, so it had some crossover yeah. appeal. So it, it shows it you that there are you, yeah. you just need to do the work and look totally. for films and like Maggie Gyllenhaal, yeah, right there, there for directing. Yeah. You know, and then they, that goes back to our conversation, and I hate. Yeah, I would. I don't actually agree with this, but I'm just kind of putting it out there. Of like, you have best actor and best actress. Is is it icky to split up director in that way? You showcase more people. I think um, it is. I I, I, I mean, agree like- with you. I'm I'm not saying that that's what we should do. It's just like it's an interesting. I know there's even been conversation of putting the acting awards together, which I also think is a bad idea. Which because- the Gotham Awards kind of did that with supporting yeah. and uh, leading categories. So it's just supporting and leads. Yeah, now. and maybe you have double the nominees. That way, you uh, I don't know, but then you'd hate it to just then become eight men and, and two women, right? In the right. performances or something like that. And I'm not saying that's how it would go, but you just... But probably would. That's not, yeah. <laughs> Judging by so, the Academy's sort looking of Looking at the record. best director kind yeah. of nominees. So I'm not saying that that's a solution either because I feel like once you start splitting up every category into best women and best men is just like not super great. Um, so yeah, you had Troy Kotzer, which was a wonderful moment. Um, you had Ariana DeBose, who also gave a great speech. I think their two speeches for the Best Supporting uh, Awards uh, were wonderful. She was the first award of the night, at least on the broadcast. And I thought she handled herself very, very well. And, and she'll be a superstar for sure. Yeah, I mean, her next um, movie is uh, Argyle, the uh, Matthew Vaughn film, oh, which is yeah, Apple nice. TV+. Plus. So There you go. There you go. And again, I hope after this as well for Troy Kotzer that he gets cast in a lot more stuff and gets to do things that you know even are outside of the box like I don't want him to be pigeonholed to one thing yeah I agree and like it's great I think Coda is is fantastic like we just said but like yeah give him other roles that just aren't focused on his being deaf and and things like that too um totally agree with that um you have oh, let's stay in the acting. We talked about Will Smith. I'm sick. Of I want. Like, I want to quickly say that, like, yeah. What also should have been a really important moment is that Will Smith is only the fifth black man to ever win uh, an Oscar for Best Actor. It's wild. Yeah, it's like again, the Academy has been around now for 94 years. You know, so like 89 of them. It's just it's it's ridiculous. But like, yeah, it should have been such a great moment. And again, I. I genuinely love Will Smith and it's just, he's his own worst enemy in this case. So like it, it should have been this great moment for him, for uh, the Williams his family, and, yep. like, his family, everyone. And it just became this kind of uh, blubbering kind of apology that he thought he, you know, needed to make, but then still kind of defend my family kind of thing. So I don't know. It was just, a, uh, everyone was waiting for that moment for sure. I think with, you know, bated breath, we were all just kind of, like what the hell is gonna happen how is this gonna go like, down yeah because the other thing about that that was weird I, i'm sure you noticed it as well but like that in sh- that cut shot where like yeah, it almost felt like they were doing that just in case something happened and he, no i think something did because he said i hope they don't see that on tv so oh like I he, think, he spat I up think, or something yes like that. i think when he because he was crying so much and i think i'm I don't know, but I, maybe, you know, when people, he maybe wiped his face and a big snot trail came or something like that. Like, that's what I assume they cut away from just to right. kind of save him from even more embarrassment, I guess, right. is just like that. I, I Again, I'm hypothesizing. I haven't even heard anyone talk about that, but it was a weird 
moment to cut away to an Oscars logo and uh, the the Williams sisters in in the crowd, right? Like it was just a strange uh, moment. But anyway, Jessica Chastain wins for Best Actress for the Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yawn. Um, that the Oscar <laughs> clip. I'm like, oh no. I'm like, I don't know how, guys. You look at that, like, and then you look at Olivia Coleman, and you're just I know. like, it's how? Right there. It's right there. Those two Oscar clips back to back were jarring, and then you're just like. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes, like you say, Eric, the most is what wins. Or if you're playing like, a real person, like yeah, that if, also helps too. If Coleman or Cruz won, I, I'm I'm only excluding Stewart because she played a real person. Sure. If if Coleman or Cruz won, it would be nice because it would show you that, like, okay, we can actually embrace characters that are original whole cloth, even if they're based on adaptations of other material, like the lost daughter yeah. is, but like we can, we can, it doesn't have to always be based on like somebody who exists, yeah, you know, totally. and, and, and Stuart as well, I think would have been a fine. I like Jessica Chastain too. I do, so I do too. I do too. And, and like Jessica Chastain, I think, should have been nominated for the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. I, I, I think she was wonderful in, in take shelter tree of life. Um, I mean, she's, she's bad in some stuff. I, I, I think she's fine in the eyes of Tammy Faye. I think she's the best thing about that movie. And I sure. wish like the house, like house of Gucci, that the filmmaking kind of met her. Yeah. But I also have problems with the film itself in terms of how it turns her into an LGBTQ advocate in a way that she really wasn't and like mm -hmm. how it kind of like softens her own sort of impact negatively on the on sort of televangelism and things like <laughs> that and her exploits yeah. um but yeah she, she i mean she's been nominated she was nominated three times you know it kind of was like a moment for her to be due as well uh it kind of is also weird that both uh her and Cruz are nominated and all i could think of like during that montage was oh yeah the 355 because lapita nyong'o is also oh, right. in, in, yeah. in, in the in the crowd and, and she was, was yeah yeah so it's just like yeah i mean chastain's done better work and and she does have performances that i do feel can be a little bit too ham-fisted at times and and sometimes that works i think it works in movies like crimson peak or a most violent year but then you look at something like interstellar which is a film i've come to like more and more on subsequent same, watches same. but there's scenes with her character especially in the kind of like you know eureka moment where she throws papers in the air that is so over the top and like yeah the last few performances she's given in, in movies i do feel have kind of like either been phoned in or just so cartoonish yeah i don't disagree um Going on to the screenplay uh, awards, you had Kenneth Branagh taking it for Belfast and uh, Sean Heater for Coda. Uh, again, two fairly safe choices. Um, sometimes I like when original screenplay goes the kind of, oh, like we, I think I picked Worst Person in the World. Did you also pick Worst Person? I think in the world? so. Yeah. Cause I was um, thinking like originally, so. Brana and Paul Thomas Anderson going into this were both nominated. Uh, Brana was nominated for eight Academy, Academy Awards in total. And then uh, Anderson's been nominated for 11. And so a lot of people thought, 
you know, in the last month or so, Anderson was finally going to get his due. It'd be a really nice moment as well, coming full circle, having worked from worked with Philip Seymour Hoffman to Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, uh, Cooper Hoffman. But then the the sort of the again the the discourse with Licorice Pizza and the controversy behind that, and we've talked a lot about that already, yeah. kind of soured that movie uh, quite a bit to the point where even though the film was nominated for picture directing and screenplay, that's all it was nominated for. Um, oh yeah, and another person that should have been nominated an actress in the lead, leading role is is both um, Alana Haim and uh, yeah. uh, Renette Reinsvey for um, the worst person yeah. in the world. So it's like okay, well now that might not happen, and then the worst person in the world was starting to surge. Like more people were seeing it because it got a late release date or was released in February. So you think okay, maybe that's going to be the surprise win, but then. Belfast is like okay originally Belfast everybody thought was going to be the best picture winner after TIFF and after you know the 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 fall festival season in general um so it's like okay well maybe we should give it to Kenneth Branagh because again nominated eight times in total in categories ranging from best picture to directing to acting to short film so and he's been around since I mean, he he made his film debut with with Henry V in in eighty nine, so he's right. been around for quite some time now. So again, it's a do. You can tell with the reaction. That's what it. Kind and of he is a likable guy. Like, totally, he, he, I like he, Kenneth Branagh too, and I, I like I, I like Belfast enough. But, but yeah, Belfast is. But, but Belfast, I think, even more so than Coda, is that film that we'll completely forget about in like a sure. year's time. Especially if like somebody were to do trivia and be like, "What won the Oscar for best original screenplay in, in 2020, 2022 or Yeah, and you'd be like fuck what was it and then when it, the answers revealed be like oh yeah belfast that movie i haven't watched that a movie since. that i i thought my parents would love i talked to them about it and they're like that was all right I'm yeah like, oh, okay where coda they were like oh my god it was great my producer um, and editor judy kalo uh likes that movie quite a bit but it also it, it's, like it's it. a very it's, i do too i think like kieran hines nomination is is wonderful and and like it's not a bad movie but it is very middle of the road and kind of manipulative in its sentiments and and sure. even if you do like it i think you know a lot of people that can be critical even of the stuff that they like can at least admit that the film is playing on you know both nostalgia and a sentimentality that can be quite manipulative and that's mm -hmm. what that movie is is it the only film that does that no and it won't be the last and like it's not fair necessarily to kind of like pigeonhole it sure. just to that but it is there but yeah the brana thing like I, I i joked about it on twitter i think like brana really won for uh his mustache and death of the nile that's kind of like what pushed him over the <laughs> yeah. edge for that because because again like um somebody else brought up the point that like it was a weird night for uh wild wild west to be uh, yeah someone put that clip celebrated you know with both yeah. uh will smith and kenneth Branagh winning uh awards wiki wiki uh coda winning we've talked about coda quite a bit but um shout out to the lost daughter um and power of the dog and, and drive my car being in that category and half of dune um best animated feature something i do want to talk about um i think i manifested chaos last night when i was like the only thing i want to happen is Mitchell's versus the machines winning best animated. And if not, I just want chaos at the Oscars and yeah, uh, that definitely happened. And Encanto uh, beat out Mitchell's versus the machines, which is not surprising at all, but, and I, I like Encanto quite a bit. I talked about it on the 118th um, episode where um, 
you know, Eric and I were in a, I felt like a fever dream getting back from LA and having to go straight to that press screening of Encanto. Um, Which is funny because we went from a Netflix uh, sort of event to event. a Disney yeah. uh, uh, screening yeah. and now a, a Disney movie wins over a Netflix a Netflix movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sony as well in, con- in conjunction, yeah. I guess. Um, not surprising. And I, I think Encanto is a lovely movie on my second watch. I was like, Oh, damn, I actually really do really, really like this movie. And uh, I think my brain, again, just wasn't working that morning. Um, so I, I totally understand it winning. It's just uh, an unfortunate thing because I really love Mitchell's versus the Machines. It was my second favorite movie. Uh, you thought with your year. heart, man. You um, thought with your heart. I know, which is fine. I, mean, I didn't even keep track this year at what my, I didn't either. Uh, I didn't even um, do any polls or anything or pools. No, this we year did. Either. We did hours and, you know, maybe... I can't even remember what I picked half the time. I know yeah. I got this wrong, but like, I'm not, I don't know. I have nothing to prove. Um, but then again, but the he, Encanto thing, even though it won animated, it didn't translate over to song, which you, which you would which have thought. Which was no that, time to die, which yeah. I did pick. Yeah. Um, but sticking in animated, um, shout out to Phil Lord and Chris Miller for kind of sticking up for animation as a art form and as a cinematic art form because. And calling out uh, Disney too. And they didn't love how they handled it. Like Disney, which is I, their bread and butter is, you know, as much as they try to get more and more into a live action and Marvel and Star Wars is very successful in their live action Disney stuff you know remakes of their animated films and not like most of their stuff is animation and i know it appeals to children first and foremost but animation is an art form look at flea being in this category that can be for everyone and for adults like there are even some you know flea is for adults you know younger people can enjoy it if they can comprehend it um but in Kanto, um, the whole thing there of like kind of making fun of animated movies of that it's something for children and that parents just have to endure them um, is something that they were mad about. And uh, I totally understand that because, I, again, something like Mitchell's versus the Machines, a lot of Pixar stuff like we talk about it time and time again that like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff for kids in those movies. And, yeah, maybe they're the driving force of what makes an animated film, quote unquote, successful. Um, but it can be for everyone and there's some great stuff in there for adults and it doesn't need to be kind of diminished as this other thing. And I, and even that discourse is happening with star Wars, uh, lately too, of, you know, there's always discourse with star Wars, but, um, surprise, you know, um, hello there. Um, like, cause with Obi-Wan coming out and people talking about wanting to see Darth Maul fight uh obi-wan again and people are like this shit happened guys already like no one pays attention to clone wars or rebels as like valid forms of storytelling storytelling of building the star wars universe of stuff that is canon that very much happened and like well i can just, understand like somebody not watching the animated stuff and only sticking with the live not action thing, and not fine. knowing about that yeah yeah but to, but to, it's to one thing to just be like animation well and say it's below you and it's only for children no. like this is not a new concept in any way whatsoever. Like there has always been animated movies for grownups telling grown-up stories. There are movies like fantastic planet and watership down, or even like stuff that's not good, like Fritz the cat and things like that. Like it's like, like animation party. (laughs) Yeah. Or, 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 I mean, even who framed Roger rabbit isn't really for kids. It's, you know, it's, it's made for like 
adults and so like animation yeah like obviously disney has a huge claim over the art form but it's not all theirs i mean like even with stop motion animation anomalisa one of the best movies in uh the last few years uh, being a, a charlie kaufman film um explores the form perfectly and and i think lord and miller with their productions whether it be them producing or directing or at least even just shepherding new talent and just getting people's voices heard they understand that they can blend both family elements and elements that are meant for everybody in like that way that yeah yeah yeah, and and like there's so much in the mitchells versus the machines that is more open-minded and actually saying something than like Luca, which cut out its gay theme, which doesn't go well with what's going on in Florida right now. And the don't say gay bill and stuff like that, where at least like the Mitchells versus the machines, it's not overt, but I mean, you know, the main character is a lesbian and like that, like it doesn't shy away from that and it doesn't hide it, but it doesn't also make it like a big thing. It's just, yeah, she, who that's she who is. she is. Yeah. yeah, like it's not a, it's not about that, but it's in no. there. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's how it should be. And yeah, so that was kind of a. Uh, Encanto is very deserving, so I'm, I'm fine with it. It's just I love Mitchell's versus the machine. But it's also funny that um, a bunch of white people accepted the award for Encanto. That so. was kind of weird, right? It yeah. always happens. It's not great. Um, Drive My Car wins Best International Feature Film, which is exactly kind of what uh, we. I thought was pissed would with the speech. Because they didn't let Ryosuke Hamaguchi um, actually Finish. give his speech. Because yeah. well, that he did. He told them to stop, which I appreciate. I know. No, I, 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 I think he has every right to do that. But in terms of again, whoever was directing the 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 event and it just, and that it's moment, a weird, a bad choice, right? Like exactly now, international film, you play him off. He gets two minutes well it even goes to like the red carpet stuff i didn't really watch a lot of it but i did watch some of it and i caught how like the interviewers were really uncomfortable and didn't know how to interact properly with people like troy kotzer or marley matlin because they didn't have that experience and so they're rushing through asking them you know tepid questions but they're trying to get like sound bites out of them as quickly as possible. And you have to give the translator time to, you know, communicate with them and, you know, allow them to respond. And there's just this ignorance that is going on with these reporters, these journalists that it kind of feels like, okay, you need to be better experienced and more compassionate and understanding. And like, you think like, you know, these companies or studios, these major outlets would take, you know, their, their journalists aside and say like, you need to, un- you need to know how to talk to everybody yeah. and yeah. understand how everybody talks and how everybody doesn't talk in fast paced sound bites. And it's the same thing with watching someone like Ryosuke Hamaguchi go up on stage who in- English is not his first language, but he's trying, he's trying. He did have a translator up with him. And when he paused, that was a pause. That wasn't him being done. And yeah. and, and that He's is gathering his thoughts or or yeah. Yeah. And and again, like I know you said that you made the joke about like you wanted, you know, like pure chaos was going to happen. It felt like Will Packer was the producer of um, the night's event, and he's a guy who produced movies like Right Along Two and Night School, you know, Kevin's Kevin uh, Hart's uh, gems. But I would I would say that like halfway through the show, the Safety brothers took over. 
<laughs> I know, dude. It was wild. Uh, but but uh, that uh, that annoyed me. But I also really liked the Hamaguchi. And also just thinking, like, again, I don't want to dwell on the Will Smith thing completely. But I wonder what – somebody um, uh, mentioned this and I retweeted it. But I wonder what Hamaguchi was thinking about this because part of drive my car is that there's a character that this is mainstream big celebrity that gets into a kerfuffle at one point and how the altercations have an impact on the production that uh they're working on on uncle vanya so uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's weird that like out of all the movies of like art imitating life that's the one that kind of feels Which is what the movie is about and then you yeah. see art imitating life at the oscars yeah um Best doc went to Summer of Soul, which we have talked about. That quest love was done a little bit dirty, but his speech was wonderful. Everyone, if you missed it in the moment, which is totally understandable, uh, unfortunately, uh, but go watch it. Like, he, and it go was, watch the movie. Summer of Soul yeah. is available on Disney Plus in Canada. It's available on Hulu in the US. Uh, one of the best films I saw at Sundance last year, along with Flea. Um, and Coda was also one of the films yeah. that played at Sundance. So all three of those movies did very, very well. I mean, obviously Flea only got nominated. It got shut out on sure. the three categories, but still. like I predicted, because yeah. I think there was this kind of thing where like each sort of membership or group was thinking like, okay, like we won't vote for it here because it'll probably win there if it does yeah. win. So. Yeah. But good for Questlove. Yeah. Love that dude. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great win. Uh, the shorts, so Queen of Basketball won for Best Documentary Short Subject. Uh, best Live Action Short Film went to The Long Goodbye. That's where Riz Ahmed got his Oscar. Yep. Um, best Animated Short Film went to The Windshield Wiper. And uh, and those were the shorts. So, yeah, those were all kind of relegated to the pre-show kind of like uh, we'll cut down your um, acceptance speech kind of thing. So that's a huge bummer for everyone there. But uh, again, a guy we love, Riz Ahmed, like uh, it's his first Oscar, right? Like, yeah. And, um, so he's been nominated and, twice, uh, two years in a row uh, with Sound of Metal for actor yeah. in a leading role and now uh, best uh, live action short. And now he's an Oscar winner. And yeah, that, that moment, the 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 clip that you saw and then there was footage that kyle buchanan posted online and i'm sure there was a couple other people that posted different angles as well was like oh man that was that was a really good speech yeah you know and from and, like a, a guy that you want to hear talk and like yeah it's like man i know on. those are the weird choices uh we talked about han zimmer winning his first oscar in 30 years uh he was in amsterdam so he wasn't even there i don't know he's probably working on something i assume oh he's working Um, on something yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) uh i loved that uh photo of him in the house coat uh oh it was amazing i i it would that would again would have been an amazing if he was there but it also would have been do you think he skipped intentionally knowing it wasn't his award was being in the pre-show or maybe 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 i mean like he is he is a busy guy and i know he has like yeah. he can make his Remember own when we saw him in concert that was oh, dope yeah was started with driving miss daisy <laughs> it was sick <laughs> that was so much fun but but yeah like um, there's again there's another guy that like like you think if this if this sort of was implemented in earlier years we wouldn't have seen you know morricone win yeah. uh, for the hateful eight which is a huge moment you yeah. know yeah. And then moving forward, like what happened, like we were talking about, like what happened if Johnny Greenwood won? 
you know, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, best original song went to No Time to Die. So Billie Eilish becomes the first person born in the 21st century to oh, win an Oscar. Don't you feel old? <laughs> so, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And uh, Phineas as well. We, uh, and Phineas. Yeah, yeah, but he yeah. wasn't part of, sorry, Billie Eilish and Phineas won both the Oscar. Both won, yes. But Bill, um, Billie Eilish specifically is. Both performed. I thought her performance was great. Um, yep. Very traditional, but like it was just a wonderful performance of that song. And Bond songs, they, they're rolling now. You're just like, hey imitate skyfall moving forward and you probably have a good shot i mean um, the, the specter song sucks and it's like and it won, it's still won. <laughs> so it's just like all you got to do is that slower kind of bond song that all kind of sounds similar <laughs> i feel the secret ingredient like, though was also daniel craig like i feel moving forward sure. that like because bond got serious too right sure. like bond so became more serious, serious so yeah. so the songs become i want serious. some zany bond songs again give me like well, that so yeah. So with the Bond songs, like me the weekend. Oh, but the, but the weekend weekend song would be great. Like great. it would be. That's like, what it I would, mean. It, it would be. I'm sorry, I don't mean him by Zany. I just know that it would. Be, yeah, like get weird out to do cool. it. Like Spy Hard yeah, too. Sure. Spy Hard's a great Bond thong. thong. <laughs> Spy Hard, a the great Bond, Bond thong. thong. God, it'd be amazing wild, if, you, if, if they out sent out it, for promotional material for No Time to Die. They sent <laughs> out thongs thong. with Daniel Craig's face on uh, on the on the tail. <laughs> anyways, congrats. Phineas might get nominated, and Billie Eilish might get nominated next year. I think they will for Turning Red. I mean, those songs are so catchy, and, and they'll like, probably they perfectly... that performance will be a lot of fun next year. Well, I sure. didn't realize how good that they were. Like, I mean, I'm not like a. a, a, a Billie Eilish aficionado. I know her best from like that episode of Hot Ones and thinking like she's a live action version of a Harmony Corinne character. Sure. Um, but but I, I like her. I mean, like everything I've seen of her, like in terms of like her attitude towards things and what have you. But yeah, um, it, it's just really interesting how versatile this duo is at sort of emulating different song styles, like the boy band stuff. Like if you weren't if I didn't know it was them. I would, oh, I would never guess. Yeah, I know for sure. Uh, we have breaking news. Thank you to my wonderful fiance Nevis for sending this through. So this is from Kyle Buchanan. Uh, we just talked about him on Twitter. He says, Will Smith's reps just sent out a statement from the star that features an apology to Chris Rock. I was out of line and quote, I was out of line and I was wrong. So then here is below. Fi- please find the statement that Will Smith has posted on his Instagram. Here is the statement violence in all its forms is poisonous and destructive my behavior at last night's academy awards was unacceptable and inexcusable jokes at my expense are a part of the job but a joke about jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear and i reacted emotionally i would like to publicly apologize to you chris i was out of line and i was wrong i am embarrassed and my actions were not indicative of the man uh, I want to be. There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. I would also like to apologize to the Academy, the producers of the show, all of the attendees, and everyone watching around the world. I would like to apologize to the Williams family and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behavior has stained what has been an otherwise gorgeous journey for all of us. I am a work in progress. Sincerely, Will. So he just sent that out. Just thought I'd sorry to interrupt you, Eric. No, no, that's good. No, I think that was important to to read. 
Um, so that was at seven nine. Yeah, it was like twenty minutes ago. So uh, thoughts on that? I mean, I guess it's. I mean, obviously his publicist is yeah. making him do that, but yes. like it's the smart thing to do. I mean, that's what should have been done last in, night. Yeah, like that's what I when I was talking to Nevis last night, and because I there was that video of his publicist coming over to him um during the show and i thought she would have damage control i thought she would have just went to him and said the first thing you do if you win you have to apologize and i thought that's what she was saying and it almost or you should leave like that's yeah or he was still so emotional that he felt like he needed to kind of still defend his actions even though he did apologize to the academy and and to the people watching last night but um, this now apologizes to Chris Rock and apologizes to you know the the King Richard team and the and the Williams sisters. So um, you know, obviously a good thing when someone acknowledges that they did something wrong and apologizes. Um, obviously, it's a very PR sounding statement. Like yeah. uh, it's very written. It's yeah, it's, yeah, polished. But again, like I understand, like if you have those people at your disposal. I mean, like, it probably would have been better if it, like, truly came from the heart. Like, that's what I you mean. Reading like it, it, yeah. You reading it, you reading it does sound like... It sounds like a, a PR statement. Yeah, yeah middle sure. management team kind of put this together and Will Smith signed off It took off 24 it. hours to do it. And yeah. I bet you because there's rumors that the Academy might say something tonight of what they're going to do or or whether it's a suspension or, or kick him out of the Academy or anything like that. Like, I don't know, but... Um, it'll be interesting. And I, obviously this is the first step towards making sure something I like apologizing for it, I guess is something the Academy might even have said that you need to do. Um, who knows what we can't speculate, but like, again, but also I think the Academy too. needs to take also say that lumps. they were in the wrong a little bit. Too, yeah, yeah. And say like, you know, like, yeah, we don't, I'm sure we'll get violence, a statement from them soon too, but you need to do more than just say yeah. that, you know, They'll make a statement specifically about this soon, yeah. I'm assuming, which could be tonight, but they're on West Coast sign time, so we shall see. So well, anyways, thanks, thanks to Nevis for sending that. Yes, uh, shout out to Nevis. She is uh, uh, the well, she gets an executive producer credit on, on this episode or every episode, like uh, Javier Bardem and uh, being the Ricardos. Absolutely. Uh, all right. See, there's another thing quickly that, like, in terms of like that opening thing that you mentioned, it's like you know making fun of people's appearance. There was the one joke and. I mean, like, everybody seemed fine with it, but, like, Amy Schumer said, like, oh, Timothy Chalamet has really aged. And then showed J.K. Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like – and even in being the Ricardos, a part of J.K. Simmons' character in terms of his insecurity and and, and vulnerability is him being an older man and kind of always taking the brunt of Well, we've said this. Ageism ageism, not something people get, you know – offended at yet i guess even though i mean it is a problem i think disabilities but, and ageism um, are the two things the two where it's things like we like, haven't caught up yet no a disability is getting there it's be- it's becoming more of like an icky kind of thing when like it's betrayed wrong or it's made the bunt of the the the, the butt of a joke yeah. but when it comes to ageism it's still like that one thing where it's like you know some people are more delicate and understanding with it than others and like it's just one of those things where like that does kind of feel like one of the last outliers of of sort of dealing with any kind of yeah ism i guess but um and not, not even necessarily not addressing it just kind of like being mature about it mm-hmm. um but going back to the bond thing and even just like the clips so like 
Man, the, Tony Hawk and Sean White introducing the and, Bond and, and Kelly Slater. Is so, it's, yeah, it's so weird. Ha, that has nothing to do with Bond. Like, there's he's the, like, extreme dude. <laughs> he drinks Mountain Dew after every uh, uh, like, action who scene. Who is thinking? Like, who's like? Oh, you know, we gotta do a really kind of lazy James Bond montage. Who should we get to intro it out of the history of Bond? There's, you know, all this history, you know, Judy Dench is there. Javier Bardem, uh, Rami Malek. Rami Malek. Like is they're all there. Um, who should we get to intro this? <laughs> and then you're like, you know, James Bond's extreme though. You know, the kids think James Bond is extreme. Let's get some extreme sports athletes to introduce this. It's just that type of thinking where it's like that boomer kind of, um but there i go that's kind of ageist what i just did so i take that back but like um it's just that kind of thing well, there is of, a, like, it's an out of touch like, kind of thing yeah right? that's what i mean out of touch is exactly what i was gonna uh say where it's just like it just seems like a strange choice um to intro a bond montage then the bond montages felt very half-assed <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, did you feel and, the same way? Like, yeah, like, like, and also BAFTA, I think, did a better job already. And it made more sense to do it at BAFTA because it is a British institute yeah. of a character that's been around for 60 years now in terms of the, the film adaptations. And they had Dame Shirley Bassey perform Diamonds Are Forever. Oh, that's incredible. And yeah, yeah and awesome. like, you can go watch that right now on YouTube. It's there, I will it's available. Watch that after this. Um, Speaking, and, yeah, with the clip sorry. show, it go just ahead. kind of felt like, yeah, it's like, I, I I love Bond, even though again, like you know, there are problematic elements uh, throughout. The... Yeah, I mean, "Live and Let Die" is an amazing song. It's even better than the, the movie, which was the first Roger Moore film. Um, but yeah, to, to have those three guys, it almost felt felt like a bad version of ad libs or something. Like it put was together. the weird. It felt like an SNL skit thing yeah. at that point. Like it was just it was so bizarre. And and then so jumping off that before we get to the rest of the awards. So speaking of anniversaries, they also did this thing throughout the show where they had they reunited the cast or crew of certain films that were celebrating anniversaries, like the random 28th anniversary, anniversary for Pulp Fiction. Fiction. You're two years Which away. Like, you can't wait. I'm like, you can't, it's so weird. Like, I know Samuel Jackson got any... the honorary, one of the honorary Oscars. I get it. I get it. And it's an yeah. iconic movie. I get it. They're all there. And I, I'm, I'm sure part of the producers is like, who can we get? Who can, who can we reunite that will come out for an award and do it? Um, and they'll make up any anniversary. It doesn't even have to be a, you know, an even number or anything like that. 28th is so weird. Um, but you also had the Godfather. You had Francis Ford Coppola and Al Pacino. White men can't jump. And yeah, you had white men can't jump. Like what else did you, there was another one too, or were those the only Juno. ones? Juno. Yeah, as well. So like a random choice of movies. Um, it, it, it was kind of a cool idea in, in theory, it was just well, even um, even as we should also mention Cabaret as well was kind of briefly sure. mentioned because it was also celebrating its 50th anniversary because Godfather and Cabaret were the two films that, um, you know, went head to head at the Oscars uh, back then. And, and uh, uh, Bob Fosse won directing and the Godfather won Best Picture. So, um, you know, having Liza Minnelli at the end, yeah. they kind of referenced Cabaret like totally. all of five they seconds. Just had, uh, Lady Gaga come out with her, which I I thought like it, it. I people were talking about that moment with Lady Gaga, and I thought she handled it well. Oh, she she was, ama- she was she was amazing. She was fantastic. Yeah. I, again, I think 
it was maybe a bit of a blunder on the Academy's part because sure. you can clearly tell that Liza Minnelli yeah. is not completely lucid and she's at an age that maybe, you know, it, where's the line with when it comes to dignity and respecting somebody's privacy and, and things like that. But <clears throat> Lady Gaga with also Tony Bennett as well, who was in the early stages of Alzheimer's when he yeah. was doing his last tour, really, again, showed compassion and understanding and support. And respect, I think, yeah. too. Like, I feel like she's shown a ton of respect to those, like, legends that she owes a lot to, right? Yeah. And I feel like... And that makes me um, like her and, like... Oh, totally. Getting over, Even like, more. House of Gucci, you know? Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I've always, you know early in her career with all the the wild stunts and stuff like that was always just like, Oh man, what's, but like I, the more I see of her, the more I like her. I think she is a good actress, even with stuff like house of Gucci. And, and, you know, I thought a star is born. She was, she was good in it. Just, I thought miscast because I would have gone with someone more unknown, but um, I have, I, I think she's wonderful. And I think that moment with um, Liza Minnelli was, um, you know, it was great. Like, I agree with you in the part of being like, you know, even asking her to do that, like where maybe her family okayed it and everything like that. And it is a nice moment, but um, maybe there was a way to do that where you wouldn't have had her presenting or reading from the, her cue cards or something like that to kind of just save her from that. But I think Lady Gaga handled it super well and it was a nice moment. Um, and that was like the last moment where it was like, okay, like at least even though the the whole evening is is a write-off at least that is because that was a, best a, picture right yeah a bittersweet yeah. way to yeah. at least end it and it's not all bad you yeah, know i agree i uh, even liked kevin costner's intro for for best director like i theater? know i know that he was droning on but like it, <laughs> i zoned out but like yeah. Well, yeah when he says my first adult film and everybody started to laugh i wish they cut to like paul thomas anderson just for like yeah, a boogie yeah. nights reference but um I thought that like, even though he goes on and on and it kind of just felt like an old guy kind of just taking up more time, which was actually kind of funny because they sure, were running yeah. so far behind at that point. But I I found that the, the sincerity of him talking about how he watched how the West was won as a child and kind of fell in love with films. And that was the movie that kind of, you know, made him want to be a filmmaker and an actor. Like it was very earnest and like i kind of wanted more of that like it it wasn't it didn't feel like he was just reading off of cue cards or a teleprompter or you know I something like, like that that was very intense that was very dramatic kevin <laughs> dramatic dramatic yeah, yeah which is also funny because like one of my favorite kevin costner bits ever is in the madonna truth or dare documentary where uh he goes backstage after one of uh her performances and she asks him um what uh he thought of it and madonna and in, in i mean madonna's always kind of been provocative but like in the early 90s at kind of like the height of her popularity and her power her shows were like burlesque shows and like kevin costner's response is like oh it was neat and then yeah. madonna <laughs> like starts making fun of him behind his back he's like oh it was neat <laughs> yeah 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 okay uh and then finally um actually i'll go through eyes of tammy faye wins best makeup and hairstyling which we kind of uh, talked about and uh, Cruella wins Cruella wins best costume design. So we called both of those um, and both of those. Yeah. Kind of make sense. Costume design for Cruella. I liked uh, Jenny Bevan's uh, speech. She's always wonderful. 
Um, and then Eyes of Tammy Faye was one given away uh, before the ceremony started. And then I might as well ring these off all together. Dune wins Best Sound, Best Production Design, uh, Best Cinematography, uh, Best Film Editing, and Best Visual Effects. <laughs> so uh, technically, that half a movie, very technically fantastic. <laughs> so it swept a lot of those kind of below the line technical. Awards. Well, it even won production design, which I was actually yeah. thinking Nightmare Alley had a shot sure, at winning because yeah. that movie and is I said so. West Side Story, yeah. You know, heavily, yeah. Both of those movies are just, I, I would say, even more like their their production design is more upfront. Where like once you get to the planet Arrakis, you know, a lot of it is the desert landscape, right? Yeah. So, that, and uh, yeah, but you could tell like the Academy was just like. It was a technically phenomenal movie, so let's just give it all the technical awards. So it, the same it way up, that Mad Max Fury yeah. Road did, right? Like yes, that was it, kind of it its won the most octors. Octors. Woo! Long couple, twenty four hours. Um, Dune Alfred picked Molina, up six, I think actually right? won um, the most octors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it picked up. Hey, Spider Man No Way Home did get a shot. I also and he loved, was there too because he's one of the he's one of the board members. So. Oh, cool! And then um, what was I saying? Oh. Dune, what was I saying? I forget. Cinematography? Anyways. I think that's... Oh, yeah, Greg Frazier. Um, <sighs> I know Such you a wanted moment. Ari Wagner I, I, win, I, yeah. yeah, and it's like one of those things It's like, well... Uh, I mean, Ari Wagner, I think, will be back anyways. I mean, she's such a talented cinematographer that, like, you know, she's got a couple movies coming up um, next year, one of which is uh, the Florence Pugh film, The Wonder. So, um, cool. I, I and, and Greg Frazier will as well. I think Greg Frazier is going to get nominated for the Batman. Like, I think, like, I think he, he will too. Yeah, but like, it's almost like I rather have Greg Frazier won for Dune Part Two, or the or as right. they should call it, the second part of Dune, <laughs> the other <laughs> um, half, the other half of Dune, because like. Again, like it's just like yeah, it's 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 technically beautiful, but I guess it's like the IMAX the- cinematography. It's a very like you know the scope of everything watching that movie, and that's why I understand it won all these technical awards is because it's just so much. Like it is bombastic and in your face and gigantic, right? Like I get that. Where Power of the Dog, you know, beautiful movie, but you know. Dune just is fucking blasting you in the face with like with sand, a, like with a gi- yeah a sandblaster to the face on a giant IMAX screen, and I'm sure Warner Brothers went out of their way to try to show the Academy that movie in IMAX and stuff, right? So, yeah. um, I think that kind of unfortunately, you know, it's more quote unquote memorable because it's fucking gigantic in front of your face, and it is nice looking. It's just I yeah. felt like a lot of it looked kind of similar it's rough right? it's and, coarse and it gets in everywhere yeah. and that's you know a problem with only half of a movie you need the payoff to enjoy you know spending mm-hmm. the day on a sandy terrain and, and again like i don't like being in this position either because i really do love denny Villeneuve, and i want oh the we, world for the guy playing into the half a movie thing which is part of the characters but like um we do believe it as well. <laughs> but it is also strange that out of anybody that could have been snubbed for director that this year or last year denny Villeneuve is the one that snubbed and yet yeah. it gets 10 nominations i mean you could say the same six, thing for yeah. coda as well because coda also is like the first uh movie to win best picture and adapted screenplay but not have a directing nomination since like grand hotel which was like in the 30s so it's like the you best know, exotic marigold hotel 
sure um but and like even something like driving miss daisy which won best picture but wasn't nominated sure. for directing like it's it's always interesting when um those splits happen those, yeah those splits happen or when the split happens and the director of um you know the best picture uh isn't nominated it's it's yeah. kind of interesting there and that's the academy the 94th academy awards uh like we said super chill um probably everything will go very smoothly next year for the 95th ceremony um i think paul dano is probably going to kill somebody on stage yeah, you know as the riddler the, yeah it's yeah i don't know where they go from this we already kind of made predictions of like the movies that could be there on our 118th draft so if you guys want to check that out i think there's a time code that you guys can jump to if you missed that and only want to see what we think might be there next year and we've kind of talked about how do you fix the oscars and i think that's a conversation that might lead into the hundredth you know we're coming up on the hundredth edition of the oscars and you got to think that that's going to be a huge one right like it's uh we're only six years away or it'll be the most disappointing of all that's also true but you got to think a big one like at the hundredth academy awards has to be this gigantic thing um i don't know how you fix it i really do think that we should have more awards not less i think they all should be shown um if it's a fucking six hour ceremony then I, I don't know how you fix that. Whether well, you, you said it... something smart really at the beginning where you said something smart, like you never do. Uh, I don't, so that's fair. But you did say like, almost make it like, you know, a wrestling event where it's two like over event. two nights or something like yeah. that. But maybe it's too costly and like, you know, scheduling but not renting and... the Dolby theater for two nights instead of one and having the same stage. It's just like, who do you bring? But does everybody want to the, come back be there for... two nights? Then you split people up going, well, if your nomination is this night, come on, saturday and like it's not like wrestlemania where you're like the main event on saturday is is this event stone cold steve austin coming out for the ko show with kevin owens or whatever in texas it'd be amazing to see steven spielberg like pile drive martin scorsese stone cold steve austin come out and just stun everyone on stage (laughs) be the best um so i don't i don't know a two-night event i don't think you're ever gonna i mean a streamer does make sense to your point of like ironically if a streamer picked up uh the next contract i don't know when abc's contract runs out does anyone i don't know but um it's uh i don't know how you fix it but i yeah i I think that's a question for the the true professionals in terms of the people that are working behind the scenes but even they are probably in a place where it's like they don't know what to do because clearly this award show reflects that they don't know what they're doing i think you self-distribute it like the game awards you don't like people are so focused on yeah um <laughs> on twitter yeah, but here's the thing like a tw- i made a joke about twitch but i'm actually being serious of like you know you let it be available to everyone anywhere worldwide not or you make it a premium a network. you make it commercial free you make it like or if you have to have commercials play fucking movie trailers to the event like cryptocurrency um, ads no 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 <laughs> um but like i i think like the game, look at the game awards. Cause I actually do think that Jeff Keighley does. It's not perfect. Don't get me wrong. I think the last game awards were a little bit messy with the amount of, you know, 
because he has to fund that show, there are a lot of weird ads and sponsored things and, and different things like that. You, you don't want like the fucking little Caesars best picture award goes to. Well, that would be um, the Batman. Wouldn't yeah. It? Yeah. So, or something like that. But I, I don't know, dude, like I think either a streamer or that could make it commercial free because they can afford to, uh, well, it would be an Apple TV Plus or a Netflix or something that has deep pockets. Uh, I mean, yeah. even Disney Plus would be, although, I mean, yeah. again. But they then they could have done that with ABC, right? They could yeah. have said it's also streaming on Disney Plus tonight. And then, like, and you could have, I don't know. I think making it commercial free does save a lot of that because if you put it on a streamer and you charge your subscribers for it and they have a commercial free, like, version of, of their thing that you pay for then like you know but people do go. like the breaks like that is the one thing that like sure. having been to the critics choice awards a few times you 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 understand like the breaks between the show is when everybody can either get up and smooth or go to the That's bathroom fair. so you kind of need that but then the maybe bar. there's a different way i to do that like i said like maybe yeah. it is movie trailers maybe it is highlight packages that are a bit longer maybe it's like the ceremony still you know, three, four hours or just tell everyone beforehand that it's four hours. And I don't know. It, it's, I, I like the idea where the game awards is like, you can watch it anywhere. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on Twitch. You can, anyone who wants to pick it up can broadcast it. You can co-stream it. Like imagine if we were allowed to watch the Oscars live, like over, over top of the broadcast and actually put that out there is like if we tried to do that we'd get a you know copyright thing from disney right away that says you can't do that or the academy or something so it's just like making it accessible to everyone to make it really easy to access and stuff like that and and put it everywhere and um, i would like to do a john madden um thing where like remember his football segments where like, yeah, he sure, like drawing like... on it yeah yeah <laughs> so this is where everything I'm went sure wrong people did that night. yesterday um <laughs> But I don't know. I really do think incorporating some form, like I again, I hate I, I hate to say it, but like marketing upcoming movies and and making that an event. Like I feel like well, the Super Bowl um, comparison I think is a good idea. Where like if you're gonna have it on ABC, I mean, use the commercial time to promote trailers and things like that, not the show, and have kind of like make it like a preview night where like you can only see this like exclusive teaser These trailers will premiere this... and then they'll be online after like they yeah. always are but if you want to be there first advertise that thor love and thunder trailer is going to premiere here apple's flowers of the killer moon killers of the flower moon yeah. killers of the flowers of the killer moon um <laughs> it's been a long day um it's stuff like that i think could uh really really help it and i don't know still focus on the movies of the year still make it an engaging fun show with performances and different things like that but and give everyone their due and if it goes long it goes long just prepare people for that and i don't know man but maybe i'm not a producer so we'll see yeah yeah i mean overall the the night was you know embarrassing and then it went from embarrassing to awkward to almost unwatchable um and it was hard it went from unwatchable to like i can't believe this is happening to embrace the chaos right yeah and, and like, like it was it was enjoyable to kind of be snarky or glib and kind of make fun at like how ridiculous the academy is with egg on its face 
you know, introducing these, you know, awards or, or not even awards, these, you know, polling segments and, you know, that truly backfiring on them on, on all the Johnny Depp thing and stuff too. Yeah. Like it's so bad. Um, And it's just like, again, it just shows you that this is an organization that is completely out of touch and doesn't know what their brand is anymore. And they need to go back to, what they know best and to really focus on that no matter how niche they think it is or how um you know it'll turn maybe some people away because i find the more personal you get the more specific you get the more universal you are and like i think that if they really do focus on film and find a new way to focus on the films being nominated no matter what they are whether they're a small little movie like drive my car or you know an epic you know, sci-fi actioner like Dune. It's like you need to make it about the movies. You you mm-hmm. don't need to make it about the, the movies. Op- the movies. You need to have Vin Diesel come out and say it's about the movies. See, the opulence, made everything. The opulence been... is not what it's about. See that kind of thing. Like if they had Vin Diesel come out to start and just give this very strange like speech about the movies, or like start incredible. like a feud that's actually a promotion with Jason Momoa for uh, Fast Ten. Best. Oh, it would have been amazing. It would have been incredible. But anyways, um, thank you. It's been a wild, uh, you know, 24 hours. It's been a wild Oscar season. Um, You know, Eric and I will be covering, you know, we already said at the end of the last episode where we brought up movies that could show up next year. And um, speaking of that, you can check out a review for something like everything everywhere all at once, which Eric and I just reviewed, which I'm sure we kind of have conversations a little bit about like how wonderful that movie is. And will it carry all the way to the next Academy Awards, which we already kind of talked about on that last show. Better. Um, I, I'm with you um because justice for swiss army man (laughs) (laughs) yeah that movie is really why i love the movies and and i do love the oscars and like i really hope that they turn this shit around and last night was just it was a circus and it was just uh unfortunate but you know i think coda is an enjoyable movie if you haven't seen it give it a shot it's on apple tv plus like shout out to apple for for winning becoming the first streamer and like to win <laughs> Netflix the best is picture sitting there like is so mad and like it, it i don't know man that that could change a lot of things too with apple winning that might put i don't maybe more money into their film division netflix might take a step back and reassess because they just keep you know I, I don't know if it's a huge deal for them but they are trying very hard to get that well and i them, mean but. they they you think with the Scorsese movie, that would have been the film to push them through. They had a middle-of-the-road Aaron Sorkin movie, which would have been, I think, if, if it was a Paramount <laughs> release still, because they bought it from Paramount. I think that would have won Best Picture at that point. Roma was a film that was highly respected, but then you still had people like Steven Spielberg at that moment saying, a vote for Green Book is a vote for the theatrical experience. Cinema. So... Honestly, like looking at their crop next year, I'm sure they're going to have something that'll be kind of their front runner. But I I also feel like they need to kind of really maybe do what Apple did and just kind of let the, the see where people their make good lie. movies and then buy something good. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Just let the movies sure. play and see how they do and see what gets traction and not kind of invest Try on to one. Try to force it on. Yeah, people. wait, wait at. 
like way after the festival season is done, way after some of the critics awards have been given out. That's what Coda did. Like Apple, Apple just didn't give a shit. And Apple this, this upcoming year has a Scorsese movie, which I'm sure they will push to a certain degree, but at the same time, because it'd be more Scorsese, that's probably pushing them to push it, but they'll push it hard, especially after winning. Yeah. And I feel like that's a movie that will probably put Scorsese in good standing to win his second directing award. Like he talking about like one of the great filmmakers of cinema, who's only won one Oscar for directing the departed. It's like, okay, this guy probably should have at least like three. Um, So like, it's like the movie again has to truly fail i think in order to not be not at least nominated yeah yeah for sure but then also apple is going to have some controversy next year because they also have um the anton fuqua movie with will smith so and that's supposed to also be um a quote-unquote oscar contender but i mean other than training day anton fuqua's movies have not been have you guys watched sniper (laughs) is it sniper that's what i'm talking with yeah yeah Wahlberg. yeah Yeah. or olympus has fallen oh i I love Gerard Butler was robbed. <laughs> um, thank you all for listening or watching. We really, really do appreciate it. Uh, we'll have a review out for Moon Knight. Uh, the first Speaking of episodes. Oscar season. Uh, <laughs> you guys can check that out very, very soon. Uh, so keep an eye out on the, for that. Like I mentioned, everything everywhere all at once should be available for you guys pretty much right now uh, to listen to. Um and uh we'll be back next week with another episode 120 baby let's go um you can find more of my work uh around the internet uh, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. still writing for family feud as well and you I were am. on kind of funny so will that be I available was. to watch yeah anywhere? so you guys can check out I, when i hopped on the kind of funny morning show today which they do every monday uh with nick scarpino monday? uh snowbike mike uh andy cortez uh kevin coelho and we talked oscars for a good hour or so and there should be a vod of that it's not a podcast it'll only be on youtube i don't know when it will post but i believe it'll be on the kind of funny plays youtube channel which is where they put up their vod's for their twitch streams and it should be titled kind of funny morning show talking about the oscars so that should be up pretty soon and then i'll post it on uh, our one-stop shop which is of course untitled underscore cast on letterbox so and your social media there. i'm sure you'll post yeah, it on and, Twitter Matt and stuff Rohrbeck. like that yeah, now will sure. now will there be a pod version of it from the click, early 2000s boom <laughs> starring andrew garfield as the lead singer from pod <laughs> uh, which that. would be amazing um you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at em6211 until next time there were also a lot of ridley scott disses throughout the yeah night. the last duel like, gi jane of um, all the house movies, of gucci of all the movies that like poke fun at of like what people didn't see oh excuse me <laughs> um i don't know why people chose that one your, your burp was an homage to jason momoa right oh yeah he did burp yeah that was that all right bye everyone <laughs>